How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for an episode of Hot Takes with TP3. I'm your host, Thomas Penland, coming at you all solo today on Wednesday, June 16th, 2021. That's right, I'm solo today, guys. Ben's out on vacation. Um, I was trying to get some other people to hop on here. Schedules weren't working out, so figured I would talk to you all today. There is so much going on in the NBA. I have to make a solo podcast. I haven't done this in a long time, but... It's beyond time, guys. Got to get out there. Got to let y'all know the good word, what all's going on in the league. So, I mean, there's so much that's happened, guys. Chris Paul's tested positive for COVID. Um, Kawhi Leonard probably towards ACL. He's out for the season now at this point. I mean, there's so many things going on. But I personally think, guys, there's one thing that's the most important thing we got to talk about right now. That is Kevin Durant last night. Oh my gosh. That is one of the best performances I've seen in a long time. I mean, that's a performance for the ages right there. I mean, last night, I don't know if y'all follow me on Twitter or not. I said I thought the number was a little high. Obviously, I was on the Nets. I took Kevin Durant points over. I said Durant's going for a 50-burger here. I mean, this is his legacy on the line. I mean, we had a double legacy game last night, guys. How often do you get to have that in an NBA game? So, I mean... The Bucks still haven't figured out this Nets defense first off. They're, I mean, their highest scoring game pretty much was last night where they scored 108 points. But, I mean, the Nets defense shut them down in the fourth quarter. Held, they scored them 33-21 to and 38-28 in the second second uh, half. And second quarter, third quarter, there we go. I don't know why I couldn't think of it right there. But the second half, regardless, they absolutely crushed them in the second half. I mean, Bucks scored 49 second half points. The Nets scored 72, I mean, or 71. I mean, that's an absolute ass whooping in the second half the Nets handed out. And look, I was sitting there with about three minutes to go in the third quarter. The Nets started to make a push, and the crowd starts getting it. You look at the score, and you're like, holy smokes, they're only down 12 points. Like, it felt like they should be down 20 points, but they're only down 12. The Bucks did not take advantage of what they had. I mean, there was a point where they, like, in the fourth quarter, where Durant really started to ramp it up. I was like, okay. Katie's going off, but there was a possession where Harden kind of dribbled the ball around. There was like 10 seconds left. He gave it to Blake Griffin. Blake was like, I don't want this. He handed it right back to him. Harden looked up, and he was like, shit, and just throws it at Durant. Durant chucks up a three from out of town, drains it. I was like, all right, this is the Kevin Durant legacy game right here, guys. He came to freaking play. I mean, Jeff Green, too. How about that? I mean, this is how you win a game you have no business winning, guys, last night, is by exactly what happened. You had a role player and Jeff Green go off. He was 8 for 11, 7 for 8 from 3 for 27 points, plus 12, plus minus. Also, Landry Shamit played well, too. He had 9 points, plus 10, plus minus. Um, 3 for 5 from the field, hit some big shots. But realistically, I thought Steve Nash did a great job coaching this game, too. You know, he really took advantage of their mismatches. Like, they were going at Brooke Lopez, you know. Like, he knew how to get people in there. He knew what everyone could do and everything. I mean, look, James Harden was injured, guys. He just went out there and played because he said, we got to win this game somehow. We got to figure it out, you know, like... We've been struggling all season, or all, or not even all series, but the last two games. We don't have Kyrie Irving anymore. We have to win this game here, and that's exactly what happened. Is the Nets came out and did just that. I mean, Kevin Durant played an amazing game. This is a guy who a lot of people said can't do it without help. I mean, a lot of people hate on him for what he did with OKC. Look, I can't blame you if you hate him for that. I personally don't hate him. I can't blame him for doing it. You gotta do what you can to win, but. Kevin Durant really hadn't had a game like this. I mean, we've seen LeBron have games like this. We've seen MJ. We've seen every single great player, even Steph Curry, that game where he scored 42 off the bench. You know, I'm not even going to go off here and name LeBron's games. If you don't know LeBron's games and you haven't been watching the NBA for the last 10 years, 
But this was the first game where Kevin Durant really just took over and said, I'm Kevin freaking Durant. You know who the hell I am. This game is over. I'm calling game, set, match right here. And that's exactly what he did last night. That was a truly amazing performance. On the flip side of things for the Bucks. I mean, like I said on Twitter, guys, it's a double legacy game, man. This was Giannis's chance to kind of cement his legacy for himself. And Giannis did not step up, guys. He's 14 for 22, 34 points, 12 um, defensive rebounds for 12 total rebounds and four assists. I mean, you can say what you want to about that stat line, but I mean, first off, Giannis is like Westbrook with attempting threes. I know he was two for four, but I mean, he just started settling for the threes at the end. The first half, we saw him pass up a three and then getting a better shot. That's what he needs to do. He's getting like be like Westbrook where he just shoots threes just because he wants to. And that's quite frankly not going to cut it. You know, it's just foolish by him. And he choked from the free throw line. He's four for seven and he missed three out of four free throws down the stretch of the game when they needed them the most. Also, too. I mean, Coach Bud did a terrible job coaching. Brooke Lopez did not belong out there. The Nets weren't playing with a center. I mean, they didn't have another guy. I guess Connaughton played 32 minutes, but, like, his impact on the game was really nothing, you know? And then Drew Holiday had James Harden playing on one leg on him. Why was Drew Holiday not taking the ball at him? Drew Holiday was 7 for 16 for 19 points. I mean, he should have shot the ball way more and been going to the hole way more. This Bucks team lacks a true point guard, like I said at the beginning of the season. Holiday's not a true point guard. He plays better when he plays off the ball. You know, he keeps cuts, shoots threes. I mean, he can create a little bit for himself off the dribble and for other people, but that's not his primary goal. He needs to be playing his defense as well. I mean, James Harden clearly didn't have it, and they did not try at all to go at him and expose him rather than you saw the Bucks. Bucks trying to get, I mean, the Nets trying to get Brooke Lopez stuck in these sets where he doesn't match up. I mean, why was Brooke Lopez not posting up trying to get something going down low? This guy dominated in the league down low. It's like he forgot how to do it, and they said, okay, you shoot 38% from three, just hang on the three-point line. I mean, it, it was just terrible coaching all around. I did not see a truly good game plan here from Coach Bud, and it clearly showed as they got exposed in that game and his coaching. I mean, if I'm Budenholzer, I'm going to start updating my resume. But, you know, guys, Giannis is only 25 years old. He's very limited, so you can't completely just attack him for the misperformance and everything. But at the same time, Milwaukee gave this one away, man. This is their chance to steal one on the road. Obviously, this series is not over yet. Milwaukee's going to have a chance to defend home court. I mean, it's going to be tough for, for Nets to come out and play like they did again. I mean, it's going to be tough for Harden, tough for Durant to come out and match it. The series still up in the air, but ultimately, I, there's no way Milwaukee's going to walk into Brooklyn and steal one of these games. It's just simply not happening, guys. I think the Nets win the series. I think we might end up going seven games, but I really think that the Bucks missed a good chance, and they did not take advantage of their mismatches. You know, I thought Stephen Ash did a hell of a job coaching up this game, which he really was not been getting credit for his coaching. I thought he was a key with his coaching in this game. Did played a great, coached a great overall game, and you know. Durant played every single minute of this game, guys. He had a triple-double, 49 points. This was such a legacy game for Kevin Durant, guys. I mean, this truly was the best game Kevin Durant's played his entire career. And this game in self cements his legacy even more as one of the greatest players we will ever watch play this game. I mean, what a freaking game, man. How could you even watch that? I mean, that game was so good, I just monologued about it for you guys for seven minutes. That's how good that was. That was one of the best games I've watched. That's one game I'll always remember what I was doing, where I was, what happened. I mean, that's that was one of the greatest games I've seen, guys, right there. Um, next thing I want to talk about here is... First, I just want to say this. I was shocked to see Scott Brooks move on from the Wizards. Um, guess he just didn't really like it there, but, you know, he did a good job there. He brought this team together after struggling with COVID and with the team having COVID and everything, got them into the playoffs. So I thought he did a good job there. I think Brooks probably just wants to step away. He's kind of over the whole coaching thing and whatnot. Didn't like the direction the team was headed in. Who knows? I thought he should have stuck around. But Stan Van Gundy, 
I told y'all, or Jeff Van Gundy, sorry, Stan's his, bo- his uh, brother on ESPN, but Jeff Van Gundy, I told you guys, the game has surpassed him. He has no business being an NBA coach anymore, especially with the Pelicans. He does not fit what they want to do. I mean, you saw him butting heads with guys like Zion, Brandon Ingram, and now he's out the door. That was such a horrible hiring by them, and it showed. This team played terrible. They did not have a sense of team basketball. They looked lost out there. I mean, their roster wasn't exactly the greatest that he was handed, but still, I thought there's a lot of other coaches who did a lot more with what they had than he did here. So, dang. I mean, knew that was going to happen. It'd be interesting to see where they go to next. They need a good young coach in there. He's good at developing talent and runs a high-powered offense. That's what this team needs. Next up, though, Let's talk a little bit here about Chris Paul getting COVID. Look, Chris Paul already has gotten vaccinated. So, I mean, he might not be out the full 14 days, but this definitely hurts the Suns. I'm not going to sit here and speculate yet because we don't know how long this clip, this Jazz Clippers series is going to go to, which I'll get to here in a second. I'm going to try to keep this short and sweet for you guys. But how about Chris Paul, man? I mean, getting getting down that suit of Denver and getting to the finals. I mean, he came into this to the Suns team that hadn't made the playoffs yet. You know, he was spent his entire season last year in OKC and was arguably one of the most clutch players in the league. You got to give Chris Paul a lot of props, man, for what he's done in his career. I mean, he could have completely given up on this team that he was just stranded without in OKC. Instead, he gave it all he had and made them good. Sam Presti said he's do right by him, and he wanted to join his buddy Monty Williams. You know, Monty Williams talked about many times the death of his wife and everything. How Chris Paul helped him was a friend to him to that. Chris Paul really helped come in and help him shake up the entire, you know, just mojo within this organization. This is a Suns team that I made fun of so many times for being stupid, for never being successful, for being in the lottery for all these years. And Chris Paul came in here and shook shook up the entire way this team worked. And I mean, this is, this is just like the best, I think career thing Chris Paul has done. I mean, Okay, I mean his original career when he was with the um, when he played in Oklahoma City, obviously not with the Thunder, but when they're the Hornets and in New Orleans, I mean not a great situation there. And then he goes to the Clippers, where he's kind of stuck in an organization that's known for losing a roster where they can't really figure out who's the team lead between him and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. You know, it's just like just not a whole like right roster. You know, so. I feel like finally he had the right situation and everything, and he's really taken advantage of it and made this entire team a lot better around him and helped all these young guys and everything and changed the entire culture. I think it's the best thing that happened in all of Chris Paul's career, and this Suns team is really freaking good, guys. Like I told you on the podcast, don't be shocked if they come out here now, guys, and beat the Lakers. I thought that would could possibly happen depending on LeBron and them's health, which it ended up working out for them. So you got to give them a little bit of props there, but... Ultimately, guys, Chris Paul, what a career, everything. This Suns team's going to the finals, in my opinion. It doesn't matter who wins this next series. I got the Suns going to the finals, so we'll see how long Chris Paul's out, so we'll revisit this topic later, but got to give shout-out to him and everything for that big-time sweep of the Nuggets. Also, shout-out the NBA for ruining the one good game on Sunday. We had Kyrie go down, then we did kick out Jokic for literally next to nothing. Give him a flagrant one, guys. Let him stay in the game. Come on now. That game was getting fun. Um, Anyway... The next series I want to talk about is another game tonight. This series is over now, guys. Kawhi Leonard probably tore his ACL. I'm not going to speculate why it happened. Maybe because he sits out all the time and wasn't ready for the toughness of the playoffs. But Kawhi Leonard is now out for the season. I think the Jazz cruise tonight and should cruise to victory for the rest of this. I mean, Paul George is called Pandemic P playoff P when he's clearly not actually playoff P and various other nicknames. I don't think he's going to step up and step up to the table tonight. I think that it's a cruise through by the jazz. They win big here and get to the next round. All that being said, guys, 
I really think this Jazz team is in a great situ- is in a great situation here. You know, they can get to the next round. They can rest Mike Conley longer. They play well at home. They're going to have home court, but it's going to be a battle against the Suns, man. The Suns are going to have more time to get ready. They have more playoff experience. Donovan Mitchell's your star player. He hasn't played on this big of a stage yet. This is the farthest in the playoffs he's even made it before. So it's going to be a tough next round here for the Jazz with this matchup with the Suns. But look, the Jazz need to close out the Clippers. They just need to go ahead and get this thing over with and not give the Suns as much time, not give Chris Paul as much time as possible to get back from this COVID thing. I mean, he could be two positive tests away and whatnot, but I think the Jazz got this series. You know, this was a series where I really thought the Clippers had a chance. I thought the Clippers were going to take them down to seven and beat them in seven. I thought they could end up stealing one there. It felt like the Clippers, you know, that first game they came out hot and then they faded because they were tired from Dallas. The second game, it just felt like, you know, Utah shot the ball better after they had missed 22, I believe they missed 26 shots in a row or 20 shots in a row in game one. It just felt like, you know, Utah's game. And these last two games were not even competitive. You know, the Clippers absolutely smacked those boys up, not even close games. And so, you know, it just felt like everything's going the Clippers' way. I personally would have taken the Jazz still to win this game tonight, but I would have taken the Clippers to win the series in seven. But without Kawhi Leonard in there, I really just don't think they can get it done. I mean, Kawhi does so much iso ball. He's such a big effect on your team on the defensive side. I don't think Reggie Jackson and them can throw something together to try to win this game anymore. The Jazz are going to shoot the lights out of the three ball. I think there's just too much to replace without Kawhi in there. I mean... I honestly feel bad for the Clippers, man. It feels like every single time they get it together, something sets them back every single time. This is the setback that they did not need to have. So Kawhi Leonard is now out for the season. Last thing to talk about here is my Atlanta Hawks. I mean, how about it, guys? Game six or game five, sorry, game four at the house. We're down by 16 points at the half. And this team is resilient, man. They battled back. I personally want to sit here and two Trey Young's horn. I know I want to do it all the time, but I'm going to do it here again, guys. Look, the greatest players in this league, they find ways to adjust as the game goes on and on. Trey Young got shut down in game three, and I mean, the Hawks got embarrassed. We got blown out. I was pissed off after that game was over. I was out having a good time with my friends. I went home after the game was over because I was pissed off the way it went. And the Hawks were pissed off too. We took it personally. You know, the first half, Philadelphia was celebrating, acting like the series was already over, and they jumped the gun. We said, not so fast. Look, Trey Young might have shot eight for 26 to get 25 points. You can say, oh, that's terrible efficiency. He had 18 assists. He realized how much the defenses are reacting to him, and he tried to set the rest of the team up. Look, Bogey was 4 for 13 for 3, 9 for 24 from the floor. But he had some absolutely massive shots or 22 points. I mean, even Red Velvet, Kevin Herter shot the ball well. I really like how Lou Williams comes in off the bench. I mean, he had a positive plus minus in the Gallinari. It's kind of like they bring scoring and don't care, and they're veterans with playoff experience. This Hawks team keeps growing and growing and getting better. Look, guys, I said the Hawks would lose to the series in six. I still am going to stand by that. I think we go out in six. But the Hawks learned a lot of valuable stuff from this playoffs that they can carry on to the next level. From the flip side of things, from Philly, look, give me a break, Embiid. Embiid doesn't doesn't say anything about his knee hurting him. Then the one game he gets shut down, oh, his knee hurts. He's tired. He has injuries. I mean, it just feels like an excuse at this point, Embiid. Capella was pissed off you took his spot on the second All-NBA defensive team, and he shut your ass down. Four for 20 in the game, zero for 12 in the second half. They absolutely embarrassed Embiid. Now, I expect the Sixers to bounce back and smack us tonight at the house. I think they'll win in a tight one in Atlanta in game six. I think the series ends there, but... Unless Embiid injury is worse than think it is, the Hawks can still win the series, obviously, if he is. But I really want to harp on Ben Simmons here, guys. How the hell are you going to pay that much money to a guy who doesn't even attempt a shot in the fourth quarter? Even Doc Rivers said that he liked the game plan and the execution by Ben Simmons. 
Ben Simmons ultimately is the guy who will hold this team back. If Embiid could stay healthy, you could go ahead and get rid of Simmons and build the rest of the team around him. But there's going to be a lot of teams, such as the Bucks and the 76ers, who look back on their trades in the offseason they had and think about what they could have done. Like the 76ers should have traded for James Harden. The Bucks definitely should have traded for Chris Paul or for James Harden. Said they went for Holiday. You know, like these teams could have completely changed the way their entire season would have gone. Ultimately, though, I think that we're going to end up seeing Jazz Suns, and we'll see 76ers meeting up with the Nets in the conference finals. It's going to be fun to watch both these series play out, but ultimately I think we're on a crash course to a Suns-Nets NBA Finals. So it's going to be fun to see how everything plays out, guys. These have been a great NBA Finals. It's so much better than the bubble, and it's so great having fans back in the stands. I'm loving all this NBA playoffs. But y'all get at me on Twitter at TP3Bets or on Instagram also at TP3Bets. Let me know what y'all are thinking. Um... Tell me you hate my takes. Tell me you love them. Give me some ideas you guys got. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Been on an absolute heater lately betting. Um, So follow those picks and let me take y'all to the promised land. I appreciate all y'all and hope y'all have a good day and enjoy these games.